Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Howdy, y'all. What's going on with you, buddy? How's it going, man? Pretty good. We got this little side swipe going on. It's kind of hard to look at each other in the face here. We got a new setup at the office in oh, the studio. It's nice, though. Yeah, it's a little more spacious. So uh, thank you, Jasper, for those kind words on the uh, on the opening. Uh, all right, so what are we talking about today? We got uh, we got a kick-ass cigar right now. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a bit uh, with some Chinese Zodiac connection. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the road show that we attended, the first like cigar event that we've attended during the pandemic. A uh, little bit of golf, a little bit of saffron rum, maybe some Goya canceling in there. We always so, get the canceling going. There's, got, there's so much canceling going, going on. on so, all right, so let's hear one more time from the old Jaspy one. And uh, take it away, Jasp. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Grand Toro, a 5 by 54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made perfecto that's 6.5 by 52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto, up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops. So ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida, or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram, at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, and we're back. Thank you, Jasper. What are you, uh, what are you up to, Jasper? What are we smoking today? We are smoking the Liga Privada Unico Serie Year of the Rat 2020. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but a fantastic cigar. So first, let's, let's talk a little bit about what the cigar is about, and then we'll, we'll talk about our thoughts as we are just getting into it right now. So it's a 5.5 by 46 Corona Gorda. Uh, so it's a really uh, a great size, right? I mean, this anything with a 46 type of ring gauge... Lovely. Uh, it's made in Nicaragua at the uh, at the Drew Estate at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate uh, in Esteli. It's got a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper from the good old U.S. of A., a Brazilian binder, and a Honduran and Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. Price is fifteen ninety nine, and it's uh, this is the twenty twenty version of the Year of the Rat. So, what do you what do you think about this? So that broadleaf that I guess is typical of all these leaves, right? yeah, it it gives it an incredible flavor. So very very unique yep. uh, to this cigar. Uh, I love the flavor. Smoke is always uh, abundant. Abundant is the word you're looking for <laughs> when you smoke. But it's so uh, it has so much aroma and it has so much going on uh, in in the the flavors of it that it that it all works together very well. It really does. I I agree. And the uh, so right, out, I've, I've smoked these before. I'm a fan. And right out of the gate, it's almost like I mean I know that it isn't because you're smoking all of the tobaccos in there. But when it opens up, it tastes like you're smoking pure Connecticut broadleaf, even though you're not. Right? You still got the fillers and that Brazilian binder. But it's like it's like a a Connecticut broadleaf bomb right out of the gate, and I love it. It's got that. That sweetness, but it's like that dark sweetness. Uh, I, it's it's a lovely cigar, like some molasses type sweetness is how I is how I yeah I look at it. And then there's a tiny bit of pepper in the background right now. Later on, I know it becomes a little bit more prominent, but right now it's just like it's that Connecticut broadleaf sweetness. It's like here I am. Right? I'm not apologizing. Yeah. This is what we're all about. It's like ripe fruit sweetness with molasses, and then like a touch of of pepper and it's just get ready because this is what it's going to be about so i love this cigar yeah, it's delicious i love it i uh they're always well made they have that just to give a little 
if you if you're listening to this on Spotify, you probably are looking at the image of the of the cigar in its uh, presentation. But if you're not, uh, so it's it's finished with so it's very dark, obviously. It's finished with a fantail, and then it has under the the Liga Privada Year of the Rat label, it has like a gold foil underneath all the way down to the foot, and then a footband that says. Uh, something like 2020 edition or something like that. Let me see what it says. Limited 2020 edition. So uh, these were sent to us by Drew Estate. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. We we love it. Uh, if you you probably have, if you're a fan of all of our crazy content, you've probably seen an unboxing video where my sister and I opened the box of this. It's like a party. Well, as soon as we get this, right, and then party in your mouth. That's not what I was saying. Oh. <laughs> it's like a party at Cigar Snob when uh, when we get these because everyone knows uh, Drew Estate, they're very generous uh, with us and they send us enough cigars to hand out to the crew so everyone gets uh, to try this, not just the people smoking on our panel. So thank you again, guys, at Drew Estate for, uh, for always providing us with great smokes. So the year of the rat. We want to talk a little bit about what the year of the rat is about, not the cigar itself, right? But so it was originally released in 2016 mm-hmm. in conjunction with the announcement that Drew Estate would sponsor a cigar lounge at the Florida Panthers, the hockey team, at the BBT Center where they play. Mm. And so that was in 2016. Uh, and that sort of commemorated, like, it's a good, cool partnership, right? Because the Panthers were known for the year of the rat when they made that playoff run. Yeah, I remember that. You remember the rats on the ice? Great time. That was a good time. Do you remember like how that came about? It's not, I mean, everyone remembers the whole rats on the ice and how the NHL had the... The uh, Red Wings would throw, I remember the Detroit fans would throw the the octopi on... Yeah, you're right. They didn't just throw one octopus and then like pick it back up and then throw it back in. Right. (laughs) Geek. Throw the octopi on the ice. <laughs> you could have said octopus. I wouldn't have jumped. I don't know there. if they did it after anybody did a hat trick or not, or they just did it after every goal. Any, regardless, I don't think they had enough octopi in their <laughs> in their coolers <laughs> to, to do that. Yeah, but anyways, they were throwing it on, and I just thought it was you and know. What if nobody scores? The smell there must be like if you didn't bring you it. Take it back home. <laughs> I had to cook these, honey. <laughs> uh, Little pupo la gallega. You think that they're they're doing a Spanish style? grilled octopus no probably not so i thought it was just in response to that and we're like we don't have any octopus we, we got some rats laying around let's, yeah, maybe let's a do this or two. <laughs> so, well no it was because the first uh i think it was like on before the opening game of the season at home there was a rat in the locker room and scott mellenby who played for the panthers killed the rat with his hockey stick and then that day, in that game, he goes on and scores two goals with that same rat-killing hockey stick. And so then the goalie, uh, the Beezer, John Van Beesbrook, he called it a rat trick. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, so so then that became the rat trick, and then everybody just kind of latched onto that and started throwing rats on the ice. You know, the funny thing is, I was in college uh, during that playoff run. And I was actually working at it wasn't it wasn't the BB&T Center back then. They were playing at the Miami Arena. Oh, that's right. They used to play at the Miami Arena, and I was working. I was saving money because my family was taking a spring trip to Spain, and I wanted to be like a grown man about it. And so, even though I was in school, I took a job serving uh, pouring beer uh, during Miami Heat games and Panther games. By the way, for tips and beer sales. The Panther games were the best. I mean, you could skip the Heat games if you wanted to, and you're you'd still make. I I still would have made enough money to go on that trip. the The Panther games were awesome. It was yeah. just like beer was flowing. I mean, none. This is this is as much hockey talk as we've talked Ever. in the entire existence of this podcast, or right the here. magazine, <laughs> or <But> the I, <laughs> magazine. We're, we're not big hockey fans, but I will say that there is nothing funner than going to a live hockey game, especially live playoff. Oh no! Oh, I haven't done playoff, that. Playoff yeah, hockey is at hand. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that that's the the origin of the Panthers' year of the rat, and that's why Drew Estate did, or at least I think that's why they did that partnership with them, right? And uh, 
And then the idea was that, all right, we'll have this partnership, we'll have the cigar lounge, and then in 2020, which is the actual Chinese year of the rat, we'll have this cigar released. So that's why we're smoking this now, because it's 2020, and we are in the year of the rat. What is uh, what is your Chinese... Uh, oh, actually, I know what yours is. Yeah. You are the rabbit. You're 1975 rabbits. How fitting. The fighting rabbits. How fitting. You know, it's funny. Uh, hang on, let me, let me, hang on. Let me look at the, the character. Give me so a what second. are you, bud? Uh, oh, uh, chill out, dude. I am a tiger. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if we could add in some post uh, audio for my growl, because my, my growl wasn't, my tiger king growl wasn't very good. <laughs> Jasper, what do you think about Eric's tiger growl? <laughs> Tastes like Corojo to me. Oh, God. Uh, but look, I just looked it up. So the characteristics of the rabbit, uh, the Chinese Zodiac characters. So the pros are, this, this is, is a, you. This is a pro and con thing? Yeah, that's one I found right now. I mean, what do you want me to do? Okay. So the for the rabbit, you are supposedly, so, and again, in air quotes, supposedly smart, kind, and intuitive. I see I see blank stairs. No, Natalia over here, like going, like hitting her forehead. Like, are you serious? I see blank stairs in the studio audience. So I don't think there's any more cons. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the here's the con: touchy, superficial, and crazy. I don't know karate, but I know crazy. What are your thoughts on that, Jaspy one? <laughs> You're one hell of a pretzel bender. Oh, God. Uh, well, and just to finish it off, since we're here on this website, uh, the tiger is daring, lucky, and adventurous. Well, I'll tell you, I am damn lucky. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I would, at this, you would enter, you know, compliment about my cigar snob team here. Rather be lucky than good. Yes, yes. Uh, adventurous? I don't know. Uh, daring, yes. Starting a magazine, uh, without knowing jack squat about <laughs> magazines, uh, was kind of daring. Uh, and then here are the cons, though. Dramatic. I don't know if I'm dramatic. I am. I, I'm the less. I'm the least dramatic person I know. Johnny drama over here. Selfish. Mm, that one hurts. Yep. And cocky. Oh, so cocky. So cocky. El niño es cocky. You know who else is cocky? No, that's a, that's a bad segue. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so we, we went on a cocky road trip. No, we went on a road trip out to uh, to Naples. Uh, was it yesterday? Day before yesterday? Yeah. Uh, we went out to attend the the road show. What do they call it? The traveling road show? Traveling road show. Is that, isn't that a bit redundant? A traveling road show. A road show is already traveling. But anyway, that's what yeah. they called it. So the traveling road show, it was uh, Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, Oliva Cigars, Alec Bradley, and Crown Heads. And, uh, and the idea was that they would have their own little, and we talked about this on the podcast already, but they would have their own little mini trade show and then invite stores from the area to come see it. So we Be- went to the kickoff. Because they canceled the PCA show this year. Correct. In case you missed the episode where we talked about this, uh, they canceled the annual uh, PCA, which is the new name for the IPCPR, which was a new name for the RTDA. Uh, right. But anyway, the annual tobacco trade show, they canceled that. So these these four companies got together and created their own little trade show. And so Ivan, uh, my sister Yami, and I, we went out there. And what did you think of it? We haven't, we haven't talked about it since because we did some stuff afterwards and we never recapped it. What did you think of the whole thing? I mean, we spent a lot of time with each other, so we needed a little time to... Yeah, yeah, we needed a, we needed a break. Time. We yeah. needed a break. I, you needed a break from the cockiness. I know. <laughs> I needed a break from the crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we haven't talked about it, but wasn't it great? I mean, okay, so we there was a lot of COVID fear there was. Get, getting like, together yeah, with, with everybody. Yeah, everyone with a mask on and then on. So but, I mean, everybody was being very cautious. They went through all the right precautions to be able to make this happen. Uh, but man, wasn't it nice to be able to see everybody again who we haven't seen in so it long? Was such a like dose of like fresh air. It felt like oh god, feel the world feels normal for a day. Yeah, you know, uh, just being around all of our buddies in the cigar business. Yeah, you we didn't notice like how long 
like or how often we usually are around them. Of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like this is the longest we've ever been. They become apart. yeah. Yeah, they become part of our like circle of friends. Yeah. Right? Like, for example, the the rep for Oliva, uh, Albert Sosa. That guy, like, at this point, that guy's like family. Yeah. Right? And so not spending time with them a lot is is rough, not seeing them as often as we used to. Uh Jose Morel from Rocky Patel. Uh, Rocky. Nish. Rocky himself, Nish, Nimish. Yeah. Uh even Dave Bullock as well was there. Uh and then we had uh, Kevin Casey and Mike Sirota from Alec Bradley. Uh, Alan Buelvas was there from Oliva. The guys, you know, good dudes. And Wes Thornton from Crownhead. So we got to hang out with these guys. We got to smoke a lot of cigars. Uh, of these cigars, there were some cigars that were released at that show. Like Rocky had new product that had never been released till that show. Uh, so did Alec Bradley. Oliva did not have a new release. Uh, and I, Crownhead's had a... Had a release, but I don't think it was ready yet. But I got to taste a sample of it. But uh, what was your favorite cigar you smoked? Because those days we, we smoked nothing but those companies. What did you like the most? Or maybe the new thing you liked the most? So one of the reasons for, I guess, birthing this uh, road show. Birthing it. Right? Okay. Or, cre- or creating it. Uh, uh, was to be able to get some, obviously, some face-to-face time with their retailers. Absolutely. Right? And and obviously to show off some new product, which when they announced that the PCA would be uh, canceled, I mean, everybody's always, like, you know, concerned about, okay, we can probably sell over the phone or over Zoom or whatever is going on yeah, now, but yep. they still wouldn't be able to get that face-to-face time or be able to, like, really show off their new stuff. Um, from what I smoked, thank God, again, that we were able to get some some FaceTime with these guys, that quarter century from Rocky really stood out to me. Yep. Um, me too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that that, that one. Of, of the new stuff, I thought that was yeah. That was probably my favorite. Uh, the new Hamlet was good too. Uh, hanging out with Hamlet was also great. And Hamlet and his son, Hamlet Jr., what was up with that? John, Hamlet, Hamlet Jr. is like <laughs> Hamlet 2.0. Very, very similar, yeah, looking. He's much taller than Hamlet. Taller. He's got blonde hair. Light eyes, but then when he opens his mouth, it's it's like you're listening to Hamlet talk. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. Anyway, great guys. But Hamlet is a it's a he's a wealth of knowledge. He's he's been in the business for so long. Been been a tobacco guy his entire life. So just I've been I was able to talk to him. Uh, you know, over one of the pieces we just ran in our in the in this magazine that's out now over uh, Vitolas, and we talked about you know how the the corona the corona shape which is that's one of the big pieces in the issue yep. well, well, one of the corona shapes how that was how that evolved and all the other vitolas and he told me about blending practices uh that's that actually differs from cuban style to i guess regular style new world let's new say. world yep. um so again I, he's just so so much there, you know what there's few guys there's few guys out there that have the perspective uh, of manufacturing from the Cuban, at least at this age, right? I mean, obviously, a guy like Pepin, a guy like uh, you know Jose Orlando Padron, rest in peace. Those guys had the perspective, but they're they're much older than us, right? But Hamlet is a guy our age, and those guys are rare. Guys that at our age have that perspective of manufacturing from Cuba, and then manufacturing in his case in Honduras and Nicaragua. So yeah, it always is interesting to talk to a guy like that, right? Yeah. Um, so. So that was that was great. And then we had that dinner at, at La Playa, which was amazing. What a beautiful place. Oh my God. Yeah. So if you're if you're in the Naples area, even if you're not staying at the La Playa Hotel, oh my God, go for dinner at Baileen's, which is at La Playa Hotel and Resort. Holy mackerel, that was beautiful. You're having dinner with fire the pits. with the fire pits around and then you're hearing the ocean crashing behind you. It's just amazing. The full humidor there. Yeah, and you're able to smoke cigars. It was just awesome. So so then on the following day after this wonderful dinner, you and I went out and played little old go- corkscrew. A little golf. A little golf at what is, to this day, the hardest course I have ever played. I've played a lot of golf, and I think that's one of the harder golf courses, definitely in Florida. Um, yeah, what's it's, the, it's what's the line? What was the line that Nish told us about that course? Uh, they buried elephants there. Yes, Jack Nick. Yeah, because Jack Nicholas designed the course. It's a yeah. It's a Nicholas. Uh, it's a signature Nicholas design course. 
Yeah, and so Nish Nish said, Jack Nicholas has buried elephants. And I always thought, what are you talking about, buried elephants, Nish? Yeah. And then when you play it, you're like, Jesus Christ, I wish these elephants were a little, uh, were on a diet because uh, it, it was tough. It was really a tough course, but we had a great time. Nish was supposed to join us, and and then he backed out on us. Well, he knew I was going to beat him. Yeah. You know how cocky I am. I know. <laughs> Old Tiger was scared of the tiger. <laughs> he was scared. He was scared of the tiger. So, Nish, whenever you want, buddy, come on back and I'll get you. Uh, all right. So, enough enough nonsense. Let's get to another message from Jaspi. Do you live under a rock? No? Good. Then you should be subscribed to the best darn cigar magazine around. You can get Cigar Snob Magazine delivered to your doorstep every two months for $18 per year. That's right. Printed, on paper, and delivered by your mail carrier. Every issue is chock full of cigar talk. Ratings, insightful stories, spirit and wine pairings, smoking hot senoritas, and much more. It's just 18 pesos for six issues a year. Well, not pesos, you know what I mean, it's $18. Does that tickle your fancy? But wait, there's more. You tell them your buddy Jasper sent you. Just enter the code PODCAST at checkout and you'll also receive one of our famous Cigar Snob t-shirts. Trust me, you'll be the envy of your whole cigar crew. That's right, six issues of Cigar Snob magazine and a badass high-quality t-shirt for just 18 buckaroos. You can't beat that, amigo. Go to CigarSnob.com slash subscribe and make it happen now. Go ahead and pause the podcast and get to it. Offer only good for subscribers in the U.S. and Canada and only while supplies last. All right. So so then we got back from, from that. We're back. We're back. Did I, did I tell you we're back? Hey. All right. All right. Uh, so we got back from that. And yesterday we had a visitor to the office. Our good friend... Gardner Blandin from Safra Rum. He brought he restocked. He restocked the office with Safra. Thanks, Gardner. Man. Well, you've been enjoying it all day today, pretty much. It's not bad. It is awesome. Uh and so he came in and, and what we did with him was we have in the upcoming issue, we're working on a summer cocktail uh section where we're gonna have like three different cocktails from three different uh spirit types. And so for the rum. Uh, Gardner came in and prepared a new cocktail that they they are unveiling for the first time, and it's called the Warm and Sunny. Makes it feel warm and fuzzy. It does make it feel warm and fuzzy. But uh, but man, what an awesome like summer cocktail! It's refreshing, still boozy enough. It ha- it's not it's easy to make at home. Well, what's in it? So it's obviously safra. That's the main. That's, that's the main attraction. It's Safra. It's uh, Luxardo uh, Cherry Liqueur. Yep. Ginger Ale. But, a, but Gardner recommends a, Fever tree. a premium ginger ale like Fever Tree. Uh, and, then, and then orange. And that's it on ice. Orange uh, peel. So then you zest the orange. Yeah. Yeah, so orange peel. So you zest it and then you, you, uh, you rim the glass as well. And then throw it in the glass. And so with the orange peel sticking out, it kind of gives you that. It looks like a sunset uh, coming out of your glass. So warm and sunny. Uh, a cocktail, like the first cocktail, like devised by Gardner himself. Yeah, it's 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 very unique. You know, it's uh, I think it's like a, if I had to describe it, it's like a lighter play on a rum and coke. So I, I can agree with that. So. OK, color wise, it's definitely lighter than a rum and coke, of but course, it doesn't have real. that that like that. You know, the Coke is very overpowering in a rum and Coke, and it's very sweet. Su- it has very that, sweet, yeah. that, that sweet, you know, that hard sweetness. And I think this is a little bit lighter, but it's still effervescent, and it gives you, again, it gives you some of that booze Yep. because you have the safra in there. But it's, yeah, you can enjoy this at the pool, just hanging out before you ideal, go out to dinner. for summer, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very nice drink. And so his, his idea was, and, and that's the idea also of this summer cocktail series that we're doing, uh, the idea is cocktails that we can make at home because we're, we're unable to go to bars right now. So all of your booze consumption is coming from stuff you can buy at the liquor store. Not in Naples. 
Well, no, there. you're right. Not in Naples. They were. <laughs> they can go to bars there. You can do anything you want in Naples, pretty much. I think in Miami, we're the only ones that are locked down. Everybody else is doing fine. I just saw some news story. They're going crazy in New York now. God bless them. But go. anyway, uh, so that's the idea of the cocktail is even though a lot of people are going crazy and going to bars, a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And so that that's the idea here. Now, we produced a video of uh, of Gardner preparing this cocktail and talking about it. And so that video will be on our on our YouTube channel and on our website uh, soon. So uh, if you want to see that and, and all the other content that we produce on the YouTube channel, go out to YouTube, search for Cigar Snob Magazine, and then subscribe to the channel. It's easy. And then hit the little bell so that it notifies you every time a video is out. Then you'll find out when the warm and sunny cocktail video yeah. is coming out. You know what else we have on that on that channel? What? We got the ladies. We got the ladies. What do you think about that, Jasper? Give me the horn. Nice. Nice. That's my that's my uh my Kevin on the office impression. Nice. Uh so anyway. Now on to a little bit of cancel culture. It's the weekly e- cancel yeah. culture segment. Yeah. So now we're uh, we're canceling Goya. So if you've been under a rock and you haven't uh, you haven't paid attention to what's happening with Goya, he's missing an ear. <laughs> he's <just> missing. <laughs> That's Van Gogh, dude. Oh no. <laughs> wrong, wrong oh, artist. Wrong guy. <laughs> wrong painter. Sorry, thanks for the warm and sunny, yeah. Gardner. Goy <laughs> is missing an ear. All right. Well, but you know what? To your, in your defense, somehow, and we know now that you're completely crazy based on your rabbit, rabbit status. Uh, but in your defense, Goya did go deaf in his later years. That's what I meant. How I know this. That's what I meant. I don't know. I must have taken. I must have failed the first humanities class in college, and then had to take it again. And somehow that stuck. Mm. But uh, yeah, Goya did go deaf. Uh, but he he was he had the ears intact. Mm. So uh, not that Goya. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Goya Foods. And so if you haven't heard, uh, the president of Goya Foods, Robert Unanue. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce that, but I'm going with Unanue. Unanue. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, he said. Uh, in front of the White House during a press conference, he said, quote, we are truly blessed to have a leader like Trump. And this sparked a national Twitter backlash. Well, more than that. I know I'm joking yeah, that it's Twitter, yeah. but it was a it was a like a full on cancel Goya. Don't right. buy anything Goya. So people all over the country uh, protesting Goya by boycotting it. Yeah. And so. Where are you with the whole cancel Goya idea? Where are you with this? How do you feel about so, this? So, so my, do, you, do you agree with him? So I grew up, uh, well, I was born in New Jersey, uh, where they're headquartered. Secaucus, uh, New Jersey is where they're headquartered, yes. So I was born there. My dad uh, has always been a businessman up there, and he always looked up to Goya because he thought they were like... The ultimate company, you know? Yeah, the ultimate Hispanic-owned company. Ultimate Hispanic-owned company. Yep. He always referred to, the, like, their sales. They always had, like, the best salesmen of any company. Their management was excellent. They were able to, you know, grow out of nothing and, and expand and sell product. And then, obviously, we we consumed Goya products, uh, which, I honestly, I don't consume that much right now. Uh, but maybe that might have more to do with, like, my You're cooking. You're canceling them? No, no. Oh. That has more to do with, like, my cooking style i guess i'm gonna reach out to robert but, and tell him um, what you're up to but me personally it hurts me to hear that that we're boycotting uh, a company that was started by immigrants and it's being and it's been successful here in the united states so to me personally it hurts i know that obviously we all buy products with some sort of bias for whatever it is yep so I, I understand that. I guess what hurts me is the whole social media push that everybody's like throwing it in the garbage and stuff like that because that, yeah, it's it's painful. Well, it's painful because you have this like childhood connection to it. Sure. Right. But uh, but yeah, the the, can- the cancel culture thing uh, I think is is kind of silly, right? The whole canceling of of thing. But uh, if 
if you strip out the name cancel culture uh, and just call it a boycott, which is what it is, that's basically what a cancel is, right? I'm boycotting the consumption of this music, this food, this whatever, uh, this park, doesn't matter, whatever it is, you're, you're just boycotting it. That's all it is. And, and while I think that it can be silly, it, it's not so different than, than the way that we behave as consumers already, right? It's just that it's made, it's it, made louder and more public but because it's of all the social media. It's poli politicized now. Though. Absolutely politicized. That's fine. But, so now, but to a certain degree, it has, you've always, as a consumer, you have always supported companies when all things are equal. You will support the company that sort of falls in line with your ideals sure. or maybe your culture or something, whatever it may be. Whatever it is. The owner of this company is also a fan of the Oakland Raiders. So I buy his products, right? Yes. All things being equal, let's say. Right. And so I think people do that already to a certain extent. Um, and so this isn't that big a deal to me. Uh, I don't have that childhood connection to Goya, even though we consume a ton of it, right? Uh, I, I, my mom, you know, buy, uh, bought Goya beans, uh, dry beans forever. She probably still does. Yes, she does. Uh, yeah. So we probably consumed Goya beans on a, let's say almost daily basis. Of course. Uh, in my household, at least. Uh, yeah, I think the whole, I think the whole thing is, is kind of goofy. If, if there's a company out there that makes the same product you make that, that Goya makes and you want to support them, go for it, dude. Uh, that's fine. Goya will be fine. I wouldn't worry about Goya struggling because for every one person that they lost because of this boycott, they gained on the other side because some other person thought, holy shit, I've never bought Goya in my life. But if that's how that guy feels about it, I'm buying Goya. Right? So that whole thing is, uh, I I'm not too worried about it. I think it, I think it's kind of silly and, and people trying to get attention on Goya. Like there's this one girl on Twitter uh, who posted like, all of her abuelita's recipes so that you wouldn't have to buy Goya adobo. She gave you the recipe for adobo. And as I'm reading it, I kept thinking like the, the, the spices that you're going to put into your adobo, you probably have to buy from Goya anyway <laughs> or some other uh, company like Badia or whatever. But yeah, it's, it was all, it's all kind of silly, but um, I mean, okay. So as individuals, we have, you know, we have the ability to express ourselves as freely yep. as we want. Yep. We have that the liberty to like to express ourselves, Thankfully, give our opinions. We have that, thank yeah. God. But if you represent a company or if you are associated to a company and you're prominent enough that that company is associated to you, then you don't have that privilege because then that company suffers. Of course. Right? So I mean that's the that's the problem. So except that, like I said, in this particular case, I think that for everyone that they lost, they probably gained too. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that because Goya is such a Latin product. This product is probably sold in all of the major markets in the United States that have Hispanic culture. So we're talking about uh, New York, uh, San Francisco, Houston, Miami. I don't think it's going to get affected in Miami at all one bit. No. Because I think the majority of the, majority of the people buying this product are Cubans. At least down here in Miami, for the most part. I mean, obviously, there's there's other, of course, there's other, um, uh, other nationalities that are that are buying it, but but I think it does affect them in in markets like New York, uh, San Francisco, Houston, Chicago, things like that, because it's become so politicized. It's it's almost like okay, are you Republican or are you Democrat? Uh, it's it's a fifty-fifty yeah, thing. Everything so now, so now the the retail locations that sell them it's either okay no we're not carrying a, a liberal product or no we're not carrying a republican product so now consumption and all that that consumer uh i guess we, we'll call it boycott but whatever however we decided on buying product before when it was okay no i'll buy it because this reason or that reason now it's it's a political thing so it's a, it's a bit of a i don't know it's a pr nightmare for sure for the company yeah and and i have to figure that they had to be aware that something like this was going to happen when they sent their CEO to go speak in front of the White House in this most sensitive time. So they were probably prepared for it. They were willing to take that bullet. Yeah. So uh, you know who else is willing to take a bullet? Nobody. 
Thanks, guys. I'll be here all week. <laughs> tip, your, to, tip your waitresses. <laughs> let's get back to the cigar. <laughs> oh, I, I I find segues funny, right? When they work, they work. But when they don't work, I just I we don't we don't have a team of writers. Obviously, no, it's the, you're looking at you're listening to the team right now. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so the cigar. Where where are you with the cigar? We've been at it now for a little bit. I think something like uh, uh, thirty minutes or so. So I haven't had to relight this at all. So that is a tremendous pro because usually when we're talking so much on this, we, I mean, usually we probably don't have to relight if we're like in a regular social situation, but when we're on the podcast, we have to relight a bit because we're talking and we're putting it down and yep. I haven't had to relight at all. I mean, that was, that's been excellent and the burn's been perfect and the flavors are still there. I think I've been yapping a lot because I did have to relight mine. Oh. But, uh, but no, so the flavors, any changes that you can uh, detect? I think I think uh, on at least for me since you took a little while to answer, to, you took a while to go. Hmm. So uh, to me, that intensity from the very beginning, that intense um, broadleaf note, has now kind of blended in, and it's become very creamy to me. Yeah. I get more Much nut. I get a before. little bit more yeah. nut right now. It kind of settles, and then all these other flavors start to start to bubble up to the surface a bit. And yeah, it's the creaminess. It's kind of like that roasted nut that wasn't there before. You were getting just that molasses and ripe fruit, and now you've got uh, you've like I said that creaminess and that roasted nut in uh, in conjunction with the the pepper and the and that ripe fruit sweetness. So I'm I I'm telling you. I, I love this cigar. I can I can smoke this every day. It's very good. I really can. Uh, I don't think it won't last very long because these are limited, so I won't be able to smoke them every day for very long. But they're excellent. I'm, what do you I'm think? Um, what do you think if you age these a couple of years, how I, they would react? No, I don't think that I don't think that the ligas are are meant to be aged. I think that any time, and I've aged quite a few of them, but any time that I do that. It loses too much. Like you lose part of what you want it for, right? You want this cigar for its intense flavors, right? And to tone them down is a, is a mistake to me. Uh, number one, this cigar it doesn't it doesn't need to age for reasons of like, for example, when a cigar is particularly peppery and you want to kind of age that out a little bit. Or maybe it's too sweet and you want to age that down. No, this cigar is ideal and it is meant to be smoked right off the table, just about. So, so I think it loses too much when you age them. I would say if you have these, fire them up. Don't even age them. Just enjoy them. Don't even wait for a kid to be born. Just smoke those things because that's what they're for. I, by the way. I still have a box of the Padron uh, 1964 anniversaries that you gave me when my daughter was 1926 born. 1926 is what I gave you, buddy. No. Yep, they were. You sure? Yep, 100%. Well, I have like five left of the box. So those age extremely well. So, but they're they're going on six years now, and right now, I think I think I got to start smoking those last ones because they're they're right at that point where. They're losing You're a about little. To overage them, yeah. I'm about to overage them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because also that cigar, you're also smoking that for that chocolatey, you know, and cough and like a Cuban coffee type of bomb that it is. I smoked the first fifteen that first week. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> so, but no, I I, I remember because I, I remember the purchase. I remember, I remember the uh, the box. So I know that it was 1926. They were Robutos. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, cigar. If you can get your hands on this uh, particular one, if you like Liga or Undercrown or or anything along those lines, this cigar is is uh, I think the highest expression of that flavor profile. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of highest expressions, the Dodge Ram that I just purchased, <laughs> you got to you got to ride on it, right? You got to uh, ride out the Naples in the sucker. That was a very pleasurable ride that Wasn't we took it? in that thing. I'm impressed with that truck, man. It was so comfortable. And I know Yami was in the back seat and she She could have 
probably lay down across it was like it was like a limousine back there yeah i've never seen a pickup truck with the back seat so spacious and so comfortable and my seat had like fans in the seat yeah 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 yeah. tv like in the dashboard it was amazing no it is it's if you don't know what the hell i'm talking about because i didn't intro it very well last show i told you how i bought the the 2020 dodge ram 1500 laramie in diesel and my god the the ride is incredible in that truck uh again one more shout out to the guys at planet dodge uh for hooking that up uh the massive screen in the center console where it's so big that you can put the navigation on and whatever you're listening to in two panels or it can give you the weather or sports scores or it's it's incredible jasper would like that truck it's the bee's knees I think it's an ideal Jasper truck. Yes, sir. So uh, the other thing was the gas mileage because it's diesel. I filled it up right before we left and we went to Naples, drove all up and down Naples, went to dinner, went to play golf, did all those things, uh, got back, and I still have more than half a tank left. That's crazy. It's insane. Insane. So my brother Chuck went in his Jeep and he's like, I almost had to pump gas by the time I got back. So yeah, it, it's it's incredible gas mileage. So uh, so anyway, those those new like right now there is a massive competition in that space, right? That like Jeep Liberty, like my brother has. That's a Liberty. I think so. Isn't that what it's called? Mm. Yeah, it's like the like the Jeep Wrangler truck looking thing. I don't think it's a Liberty though. Hang on. It is the Gladiator. And that thing is impressive too. Looks amazing. But but this this truck, so there is a massive competition in that space right now. That like Gladiator, uh, and then like Blazer, and then now the new Ford Bronco. You see that I thing. I did see it. That thing's awesome. I was like I've always loved the old Bronco, but this course. thing looks so so cool. I know, but the way that they that they sort of Kept that old styling of the old Bronco and then the, like, modernized Okay, so it. they have a... So it looks more like the 70s Bronco than the 80s yes, Bronco. Yes, 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 for because sure. Because the 80s... The 80s Bronco's cool, you know? Listen, the 80s Bronco was cool. saved you and I. <laughs> My dad's old 80-something Bronco yeah. that he had. Yeah. We uh, Do you want to tell the story? Go ahead. Go All ahead. right. Before we continue car yeah, talk. Sure. So we were kids and idiots. And my parents lived across the street from a big park. And so my brother Chuck and I would always cross the street and hit golf balls in that park across the street. One day Ivan shows up and uh, he's like, what are you guys going to do? So ah, we're going to go. We're going to hit golf balls across the street. He's like, why don't we just hit them from here? I'm like, uh, no, no, we, we're, we're not that good. There's cars that cr- I mean, it was a big street, like a four lane street. So there's a lot of cars coming through there. And he's like, nah, just hit the golf balls from here. And and Chuck, I had just bought him a new set of clubs. And so he's like, oh, let me hit them. Let me hit the new clubs. So he proceeds to hit golf balls from the driveway. You didn't even put it on the grass. From the driveway. And he's hitting bombs into the park. Oh, great, great, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I've been, I've been uh, working on this new shot, the low cut shot. So I'm going to hit it low and it's going to go and then rise at the end and then kind of fade out. Really, like low is not a good idea right now because there's cars coming through here. And he's like, no, 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 not that low. And he rears back and fires a bullet into. And when I say into, it went into the car. Like it went into the back, like the back of the car, the back quarter panel of the car was kind of like rusted. This car that's crossing right in front of us and the ball disappears into the car and the car almost gets into an accident or whatever. And that guy slams on the brakes, does a U-turn and pulls into my parents' driveway while us three, Chuck, who's a little kid, Ivan and me are like, oh shit. So we ran behind my dad's Bronco and we're hiding there and the guy pulls up and he's like, he gets out of the car. He's like, where are you guys? And he's screaming, whatever. Like, oh shit, we got to walk out from behind here. We walked out, faced the music, apologized to the guy. And uh, all of this, while my dad is inside, he never found out what happened, thankfully. Uh, And then just as the guy's about to leave, 
my sister shows up with her boyfriend at the time and, and they drive in, they get into the driveway and her, her boyfriend's like, Hey, what happened? What's, what's going on? What's, uh, what's with this guy? And, uh, and Chuck, my brother says, Ivan just made that guy's car Swiss cheese. <laughs> and the guy's like, Jesus Christ, like you, fuck, you kids are not going to learn your lesson. So anyway, it was uh, yeah, it was a funny. Don't ever moment. try to hit golf balls over a busy uh, low cut shots specifically. Uh, yeah, specifically over busy avenue. Yeah, I think we learned that one. I think we learned that lesson. But back to the car back talk. To the car. I like the seventies one better. The seventies Bronco is the one which is which this one's modeled after. Yeah, yeah, that's the badass one. Oh my god, it's so hard to find one. Like I would love to be able to like get one of those and try to rebuild. I guess that's every like, get in line. But yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no, that's why you can't find of one. Of course. <laughs> So, so anyway, we'll be right back. Uh, we've got got just uh, one more message from uh, Jasper. And we'll come back with the final cigar update and a couple of uh, recommendations. Oh, also some feedback. We've got some feedback. So hang in there. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5x54 Torpedo, a 6x54 Toro, a 6x60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's six and a half by 52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops, so ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artisano Del Tobacco. All right. All right. Thank you, Jaspi. Thank you. And here it is, the final cigar update. I think, I mean, we, we, have, we didn't speak that long on the previous segment. So I don't think there's much more to update here other than how damn good this cigar is. What, what occasion do you think this would be great to, to smoke? So I don't. Uh, so right now we're in the middle of summer. I don't like smoking this cigar. Uh, that's a good question, by the way. I don't like this. Is to me this is not like a pool cigar. Agreed. Or or any of that. This is a cigar like after a meal, and you're chilling out, and it's not hot out, uh, or you're indoors, obviously. Uh, but yeah, with a with a nice, uh, I, I think it pairs very well with rum. Yep. Or even uh, you know, with a cigar like this, you don't have to get. Uh, you don't have to get crazy with the pairing of what you're going to drink with it. I think you can go, you can go red wine, uh, like a cab. You can go rum. Uh, I think it still does well with a, with a peaty scotch, although I probably wouldn't go that route so much. But it goes really well with like a stout, you know, uh, a, a stout or a porter. I know that I like my pairings to, to have a contrast. No, but, but in that particular you need case, something to stand up to the cigar. I think, I think, yeah, exactly. I think that you can, like, if you try it with an IPA or something like that, I think it's going to get nasty. Uh, whereas with a with a stout, I think it works beautifully. Any any stout is going to work fine. So that's what I would do with it. Uh, anyway, the uh, feedback I I told you guys about it, it's a little bit of a story. So hang in here. We've got this guy from Hamilton, Montana, Dave, and just for privacy. I won't say his last name, but Dave L. Uh, from Hamilton, if you're out there listening, Dave, thank you for the feedback. He said a couple weeks ago, he emailed in to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. He said, I was gifted a pretty nice cigar, a Cohiba Capa Reserva 1980. I'm wondering about its value. Not sure it's my cup of tea and would hate to waste it on my low budget cigar palette if it's too valuable. Thanks. So I replied to him. I said, smoke uh, it. Yeah, yeah. That, at the end of the line, that's what I said. But I said, if it is a Cohiba Capa Reserva 1980, uh, one with a silver and purple label, it's definitely not Cuban, so don't worry about its value being too high. It was made at General Cigars Factory in Santiago, Dominican Republic, and covered with a Cameroon African wrapper harvested in 1980, hence the name. I visited the factory on multiple occasions, most recently in February of this year. That's definitely that cigar. If you're still unsure, send over a pic of the cigar and I can confirm with 100% certainty. Either way, no matter what it is, 
fire it up and enjoy it. Cigars are meant to be smoked. So just yesterday, he finally got back and said, I couldn't wait any longer, so I fired it up this afternoon. It was quite an experience, I must say. Great smoke, easy draw, and amazingly mild with a huge one-and-a-half-inch first ash, exclamation point. I expected it to be full, but smoked more like a mild, which, I, by the way, I agree. I mean, it is a mild cigar, which was great for me. Great on the nose, not the burn, not the burn that many times cigars give. Okay, so he means like the burn on maybe the back of the throat. I couldn't really say what the flavor notes were, not the usual leather spice, etc. Something I couldn't, I couldn't say what, but it was quite pleasant. Not much of a description, but it was a great hour and a half smoking experience. Thanks for your email and advice. You were so right on. Smoke it and enjoy it. Blessings, Dave. Thank you, Dave. So that's a little, little reader or listener feedback there. So if you have, if you have questions like that, if, you, if somebody's giving you a cigar that you don't know what the hell it is, send it our way. We'll uh, send us a picture of it or, or talk about it. Send us an email at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com uh, or do so in the reviews section of your podcast app. If you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, just drop in a review, five stars, and then just say what the heck you uh, want to ask. If you don't want to give us five stars, that's all. That's okay, too. But, no, uh, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't be a jerk. But uh, all right. So in terms of parting recommendation, my only recommendation is that you seek out the new issue of Cigar Snob Mag. You can find it at your local cigar retailer. You can subscribe at cigarsnob.com. Or you can also read it digitally at issue.com. Issue is I-S-S-U-U dot com slash Cigar Snob Magazine. And you can go in there and, and check it out. Uh, we're very proud of that issue, although it was very late. And I'll explain that in a bit. But it was very late because of the Rona. Uh, we are proud of it, right? It's, uh, it was so tough to put together. Uh, we didn't have Nick anymore. So we were, we've, we've hired someone new uh, who's doing a great job. But there was that sort of intermediate time where we had to scramble a bit. But uh, at any rate, check that out. And... Uh, and then the new issue is going to come out. The idea is to sort of gain two to three weeks so we can make up the time that was lost with uh, Corona. So the new issue will come out like early August. Uh, so get on it. Check this one out. Enjoy it. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the flip side. See ya. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, hasta luego.